record one time. We are now live. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Everyone's a Critic podcast with your girl Queenie and your boy Kojo, uh, where we discuss um, TV shows and episodes from them. Um, welcome. Hello, Kojo. How are you doing? I'm good, Queenie. I'm good. Sun's out. I've got some coffee. I don't have a headache today. That's also lovely. Um, yeah, I'm in. I'm in a good space. I'm in a good space. How are you doing? What What you drinking? What you got? Got coffee as well. My little IKEA cup. Mm-hmm. Um, just chilling, man. Like you know, living the dream. I guess some would say. When I was working um, in um a while ago, I was working in uh like doing food catering for film sets. Uh, yeah, like a, yeah. a temp job that's that phrase like how you living or living the dream how you doing or living the dream was yeah. always uttered it's so like every set like oh, living the dream living the dream and i wrote yeah. like a written piece just with a title living the dream because it was stuck in my head so yeah. i can never unforget that 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 phrase or untie it from that time um there we go I like it. to the point where i'm wearing pink and you know me right i don't wear color like i wear black white and that's really almost where it ends. I'm wearing pink, guys. Good day. Not even like a blue or a green. <laughs> I'm wearing pink. I'm living the dream. It's a good day. It's a good day. It's a good day. All right. Well, today we're talking about Atlanta episode four, five, and six. Uh, we're going to talk about them in order. Um, beginning with episode four, obviously. And then we'll round off with episode six. And maybe that takes us actually to the middle of the season. We're going to do yeah. a mid-season chat um which will be over on our instagram page so do like follow everyone's a critic instagram um hopefully you get some people involved in that as well you do like to keep it conversational and then you can jump in let us know your thoughts let us know how you how you found the season so far has lived up to expectations where do you see it heading because there's a clear theme that i'm seeing throughout the season that we're gonna i'm sure we're gonna dive into um in, in, in a bit um or themes but uh but yeah beginning with episode four um the big payback the big payback the um this episode just in terms of its fl- its structure um begins with we're following this white suburban gentleman i've already forgot his name uh, do you know his name oh i do know his name i've forgotten though but while you're talking i'll find him this white thank you this white suburban gentleman um everything looks rosy for him he's living his life he accidentally steals a little madeline cake no problem no 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 issue no harassment um and he eats it you know his life is life is hunky dory everything's great on the radio, we overhear this. Um, sorry, go. Marshall. 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 Yes. Over the radio, we do hear um, that they're narrating this uh, this legal case, which is basically a person, um, an African American person, is currently suing um, uh, another person who um, their family essentially uh, were slave owners. They they yeah. they they this white family owned the African American um, person's family as slaves, um, and this case went in favor of the african-american and in essence set a precedent that if your family has owned slaves in the past you have you have to pay <laughs> you have to pay up for it you have to you have to pay that yeah. you have to pay um so as soon as i remember kind of watching this episode for the first time and being like my notes oh wow this episode's gonna be spicy this radio i was like this radio this radio like session this episode's gonna be spicy i knew it was gonna be a banger um yeah. it was i did think it was a bit too soon to step away from the main cast into this like kind of this surreal 
a kind of separate timeline maybe that's a, a separate timeline or, or alternate alternative world but the episode paid off for me like I really really enjoyed it um broadly how did you find the episode what do you think um I loved the episodes I think um again going into that whole theme of surrealism and stuff like it's so great that we can use surrealism and see like how far and how and where our imagination can take us Mm -hmm. um but I'm also like it's really not that far away I don't think um like in as much as it's surreal I it was done so well I can imagine it happening like in the near future um where a case would be brought forward where someone would say, oh, you know what? I know you for a fact that your family used to own, like, my ancestors. Pay up now. Mm. Um, and even even to the point where they had... Um, so at the end of the episode, we see Marshall, who is now working at a restaurant, and he now pays these reparations as part of his tax. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you guys are giving us great ideas here. Like... <laughs> this is a fantastic idea. What do you mean? Like, of course, like, why wouldn't she receive 15% of your monthly paycheck? Hello. Um, so I, I think that's one of the main reasons why I really like Atlanta because they do put forward these quite like seemingly absurd or seemingly surreal, like, um, scenarios, but they are well within reach if we just mm. tried. <laughs> I, I did, I did think going off that. So I did think it was, I really liked how this episode was delivered. Jumping towards the end where Marshall has been on the run from Shaniqua, who is the descendant of um, slaves that, um, or enslaved people that Marshall's family owned, um, getting her money, chasing her check. And so he runs to a hotel and he meets a person in there called Ernest. Um, Ernest is also the fisherman from episode one. Yeah. yeah. who yeah. Uh, was on the boat and um, speaking about how the town underneath them was flooded like the 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 the, the, the river that they're fishing in was was previously and um, where a town a, 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 a black town was based um and then Ernest right off the bat when Marshall was sort of harping on about how absurd this all is and how ridiculous this is Ernest's response instantly was like I don't know I don't, I don't know. I don't know. And he walks yeah. over, sits down with Marshall and is like, he lays it out for him. Yeah. And he lays it out in a, in a way which I'm like, oh, it's really important to have a white person, have this, have, have this come from a white person and come from a black person. Because I think if you're trying to make, this is why it's kind of generally important to have allies across the spectrum, because some people only listen to other people who look like them, who, who represent yeah. their, who represent like their upbringing and their background but what Ernest basically says which I really like is that he speaks about reparations being justified first first and foremost in that slavery isn't a mystery from the past like but the fact that it's a ghost that haunts black people african-americans every single day is something we live with Um, and i say i say we in terms of looking at like black community across the world but obviously speaking specifically about african-americans in in this case but it's it's a ghost that that people live with Um, and that beyond that history has a monetary value and confession is my absolution which i thought was like a godly line Um, just just owning up to it hey yeah slavery is bad we wish it went differently is not is not absolution because you this country, uh, Western countries across the world are where they are because they were built on the labor of slaves and the descendants of those people have been oppressed by the systems which are propping up these these countries and propping up these structures. Um, 
I think he also goes on to say with the fact that they are now paying reparations, um, that the curse has now been lifted. And instead of running from history, they're now free. And then he decides to kill himself. But that whole, (laughs) what he was saying, I was like, wow, this is, this is important to have vocalized in this manner. Because this is a discussion, I mean, it's a discussion which we have like amongst friends, amongst circles and people on the internet. But to kind of see it again in this format, to see it delivered in this way, and then to see at the end how, you know, the world hasn't burnt down. Marshall's got a a job that he's also like providing some wages, um, some of some of his wages to obviously Shaniqua's family. Um, He looks at Shaniqua's Instagram and kind of sees how she's also a loving mother as well, which I thought was I didn't really catch it on my first watch. But I think it's important to just show how people are, you know, multidimensional. She also has a family she's catering for. as well and that's a really good point that you've just made in terms of Mm. like showing that the world the world won't end like when you right your wrongs like (laughs) like when like or when you put your money where your mouth is like the world isn't going to end like we will just adjust and yeah I thought I thought it was I thought it was really really nice they did that but back to your point about earn as well earnest even see how it went straight to go and call him earn i feel like friends call me e as he said (laughs) yeah yeah and i feel like there's something like like why do you think maybe um he has the same name as earn like this is the atlanta cinematic universe this is the atlanta multiverse we're getting into right now this is this is the 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 acu or the amu I don't know what's going on because it's obviously intentional. Here's here's why I'm a bit no, here's why I'm, I'm I'm confused, um, but I'm sure we'll become clearer later on. Because in episode one, um, you when you when you when we first see Ernest on the boat, Ern wakes up from a dream from that moment. So yeah. Ern was dreaming of Ernest. So we were led to believe Ernest was fictional. I mean, right. again, this this side this this whole of a universe it can be purely fictional like maybe this is all earns like earns dreams yeah. but i don't know it's i wonder if i wonder if we're going to see earn an earnest meet like i wonder if that's going to be a thing later on in the show i i yeah. hope so I um like that's uh, really good though like maybe maybe when we do see earnest as in white earnest like that's all in earn's mind um so that whole episode was maybe just like a dream sequence um you know dreamed up by urn maybe we'll get another another kind of fixture episode like that where we see Ernest again although he did kill himself so i'm not sure this is what if we see him again then we know it's obviously fictional because because it's because it ended with him with him taking his own life um we know we know it's, it's fictional at that point but then I would, yeah. I just wonder what the significance of his character is, because um, yeah. he's been. Well, uh, go on. I think the significance is exactly what you said before, which is sometimes you need someone who like looks like you or, or you perceive to think like you to explain things to you. And I feel like, mm. we're, as as black people watching these episodes, like this is I know I know not all black people are modern, are a monolith and all of this and like. But there's certain things that we will understand and we'll take from that episode that, like, maybe someone who isn't Black wouldn't quite understand. Mm. And so maybe, like, 
in as much as Ernest was a vehicle for Marshall, he's also a vehicle for like everyone who isn't black, basically, or not just yeah. black people, but do you know what I mean? And um, for the audience, he's he, he represents. I mean, he's speaking to the audience. He doesn't represent anyone. He's speaking to the audience at that point. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly, exactly. So maybe like that's like almost like a almost like a narrator guide yeah. kind of kind of character, which yeah. which is nice. I thought it felt this is feels like felt like the most Black Mirror episode of Atlanta that I've seen. Yeah, yes. It, it just felt like watching a Black Mirror. Everything just felt dystopian because we're seeing it from Marshall's perspective. Where yeah. like, oh my, oh no, oh no, this is chaos. We didn't see she, like Shaniqua was scary at first because before she was just in the car. You see, just looming, just just looming yeah. cars. Like, oh, who is it? Who's it going to be? Yeah. yeah. We don't see her perspective. We don't see her talking to her family. We don't get a sense of who she is outside of you know chasing down marshall for 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 um reparations um so it feels there's that there's that sense of anxiety when watching this episode um that i just thought was was a good was a good change of pace that i haven't seen this show kind of not that not haven't seen anxiety in in in, um in uh, atlanta but it, it just felt so like sci-fi dystopian like which i thought yeah. was very interesting this was this also might just be be me off the back of watching a lot of severance where i'm like sci-fi is gonna kill us all but um it's 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 i enjoyed it i really really enjoyed yeah. this episode yeah. yeah i think i like if there's one thing that i really like about um about atlanta it's like it is it is world building isn't it like and you've said you've said the a the acu and i think that's like the perfect way to like describe it because um i guess we'll get to it when we get to like um episode six but i would just like to say that that was a great point that you made and we will come back to that when we speak about episode six later cool um any other thoughts in episode four do you want to jump to episode five um no we can jump we can jump um so episode five was they were in so uh and Paperboy and Darius uh, found themselves. So, oh, and the white Liam, Liam Neeson socks, socks. <laughs> um, who they met in London in episode three, I believe. Um, they find themselves in Budapest. Were you shocked to see socks on this tour? Because of I course, was. I was like, why is socks here? <laughs> why, is like, socks why is socks here? <laughs> <laughs> Who's this guy? Okay, I guess. <laughs> um. And so, you know, he's uh, Paperboy is still on tour, he's in Budapest, um, and he loses his phone. And that concludes the episode. Like, <laughs> um, he loses his phone. They think it's um, the the concert hall owner's um, nephew. nephew. Um, but then we find out that it, it wasn't him at all. Um, it was, it was Socks, um, their friend. Now, I just want to know why he did it. And I, I, I hope we find out why, because for right now, it, the sense isn't sensing. Like, you really took Paperboy's phone for what? Because you threw it away. So, very, very interesting episode. Um, um, I liked how it was kind of like uh, NCIS-esque. Like in their in their good uh, good cop bad cop bag, mm-hmm. um, and seeing seeing the paperboy like really vulnerable actually was quite nice and yep. trying to be a good cop. <laughs> yep. 
trying to be a good cop um, and, you know, really plead with this 32-year-old who looked about 17, um, you know, to try and get his phone back. But obviously the boy didn't have it because it was Socks, their friend all along who had it in the first place. Um, yeah, a lot, a lot of nothing happens in this episode, really. Um, but it was still quite funny to watch. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It was. It was an interesting change of pace from the previous episode. I was glad to see the gang back together again. Um, and then, as you mentioned, seeing Socks is like, why is why is this fella here? Um, but then I, his, is his dynamic, I think he brings it, he brings it, he brings a welcome dynamic to the group in how jarring he is, I would say, and how, and how annoying he is. I think he brings, he brings a bit of a fresh dynamic to the group. And I say that because the way the group is kind of constructed at the moment or just being, there's a bit of awkwardness around it. You know, Ern yeah. and Al aren't as close anymore. Darius is still kind of just floating about doing Darius things. He doesn't really have a strong, like, um, flowing dialogue with the other two characters. So to have yeah. this other person join who kind of unites the three of them in their bewilderment and perplexment at some of the things he says, I thought yeah. was like, okay, this is this is cool. Um Anyway, so yeah, the boy, his name, I just as you were talking, I was, I was like, I know his name is, is I know he had a name, uh, Wiley. Um, oh, Wiley obviously becomes the, the main suspect of the theft of Paperboy's phone based off how, how strange he is. Like he's being yeah. very coy, but very elusive, just slippery, yeah. slippery. Yeah. For no reason. Um, but like even, even, before, even before Wiley gets there, the whole thing is quite strange because even um his uncle is like well i don't have his number like i don't i don't have my nephew's number and then and uh Ern's like you don't have your nephew's number and he's like no and then the, as the, as the episode progress progresses you realize that like the boy's actually been to juvie and like um and the uncle hasn't seen his nephew for like 16 years like for like four years or something and like so well, since he was a baby, he's like, I haven't seen him since, since he hasn't seen him at all. He doesn't yeah. know who this, this fella is. He's like, you have to yeah. go to the second runner to get his phone number. Yeah, yeah. And so the whole episode was definitely set up as if, like, it was going to be this one guy. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. There's, very, very slippery and... Yeah. there's not So there's not a lot of time in this episode, I think, to, to unpack. But, the, I mean, the main thing is the vulnerability that we get from Paperboy towards the end of the episode where we we understand that the reason he wants his phone so badly is because for some time now he struggled to write he struggled to feel creative and he's seemingly just been going through the motions of being a superstar and 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 at some point off screen he had you know that feeling of lightning striking you like he picks up on a melody he records a melody on his phone and he feels like oh wow this is going to be this is the the melody to kind of get me out of this slump. This is what's really yeah. going to help me. Because I think there's a lot going on mentally with people where he's kind of struggling to deal with. And, and you see him try to talk to Earn, like have a serious conversation with Earn, and it doesn't it doesn't play out. It just kind yeah. of cuts abruptly. I don't think yeah. he has anybody around him that he can talk to about, yeah. you know, the the level of stardom that he's now found himself in. Yeah. Um, because Ern is also super focused on management. Ern's like, I'm yeah. gonna do my job the best. 
Yeah. I think with Earn, it's because his character was probably still afraid to ever go broke again. He Earn has come a long way, like a long way. It's like, I'm yeah. going to make this work. I have a daughter. Yeah. I'm going to make this work. And that's yeah. where his focus is because episode season one, season two, he was just fucking up. It was always just fucking yeah. up on different things. Yeah. Um, but and obviously, like that relationship between Earn and Alfred is like it has changed like a lot. It's like mm. mostly strictly professional now. Yeah. Um, like to the point where like like Earn doesn't. It seems as though like Earn doesn't even like ask um ask Alfred like questions in terms of like he just does what people what um what alfred wants basically like mm. i need i need swings or or uh i need a new phone or oh, i need this da, da, da. and mm-hmm. Ernst just like cool got, got it, it cool yeah cool got it. um but like i guess then in in Ernst's manner there's, there's no time to like slow down and just check in with <laughs> with alfred to see how he's doing like personally mm. and then when you've got someone like darius who you would think like would be that person would you like, would you oh, no i would i would to a certain extent because of how um because of how eccentric he is i would think that he would show some mind personally anyway mm. some mind like yeah. you know that's just me personally though i just um, don't know i just don't know what if you're if you're if you're I can see Darius being useful, like in terms of, I mean, you might be dealing with something and want to have a conversation with him and he might yeah. just help you see the world differently. So useful from that perspective. But I don't think if you're going through, we just haven't seen enough from Darius in terms of, actually, maybe, no, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. He helped, he helped Vanessa for like no reason. Yeah, yeah. I think in his own, his own way, in his own way, yeah. he, he can be in useful. His, in his own way. Yeah, to but help maybe, people. But maybe for Alfred, it's just not, it's not the kind of help that he yeah yeah like i just can't see alfred sitting darius down and being like yo man i'm going through some stuff and then darius you know being useful in that scenario but maybe maybe i'm being too harsh a critic on darius because like you mentioned there are moments with him being helping people just see the world through a different lens and that's also very important um i'm I'm curious to see where this goes in terms of paperboy's creativity if that's going to you know be a reoccurring storyline down the line if if people are going to be looking towards him to you know like make another album or make whatever whatever and see how yeah. that positions him because we haven't yeah. really seen we see now the management in terms of the tour but yeah. i'm curious about what their relationship is like with the if they have a label what like what that yeah. looks like in terms of yeah. you know receiving an advance having to pay back yeah as a producing app things like that i wonder if i wonder if that storyline is going to kind of you know develop into something bigger yeah. um really i really do like this i really do like this storyline as well because like you just know that we're going to get a nugget of what of what donald glover thinks about about the industry do you know mm-hmm. what i mean like, yeah about his, his part in the industry and we kind of see that in episode six which we'll get to but like um and like what 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 should we be doing with our fame what should we be doing with um with like the money that we get um but yes, yeah, so it would be nice to see like how creativity will like play a role in that, and um, what happens when you do need to make another album, and th- the labels are calling you like, "Yo, we needed it yesterday," and you're like, "My brain is literally off. I <laughs> can't mm-hmm. write." Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. if, if um, Alfred succumbs to that or not, I think he, I think in some ways, I think I think that that really seems like the natural progression of things because they haven't been; they've just been on tour. Um, they haven't been living life like, just doing like you know 
I'm say doing real things, but in some ways that's the best way to phrase it because it's a theme of what the streets think, being real, being fake. Like it's those are also yeah. reoccurring themes of you know being so far removed from life that you know you're no longer experiencing this. And I've I, I'm saying that because I've also heard other musicians talk about this about you know to write to be creative, you have to just. I mean, if you're if you're a good like oh, it's a good musician, you're pulling from your experiences, you're pulling from your perspective on things, and if you aren't taking time to just live so not yeah. just to perform and to do like exhibit things if you're yeah. not just taking the time to live and build up these experiences you don't have a frame you don't have a strong frame of reference to pull from yeah. so i wonder if yeah owl and urn are going to be so far removed from from life in atlanta is it it's, i think it's also really poignant that they're not in atlanta for this season like it seems like so far removed from life like their life yeah, yeah. that um it 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 sort of harkens back to that ivory tower analogy i think we've already mentioned in the previous episode yeah. like there you know these are actual owls an actual star like he's he's yeah. he's an actual actual star so um i just wonder how this storyline is going to continue to develop and 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 when he if the next season final season is about kind of coming back to earth or finding that middle ground because season season two he was in the streets and he was getting robbed he was going through a whole bunch of stuff season three he's, he's in the echelons and he's yeah. so far removed from like everyday people that one season four is going to be about kind of establishing that balance and what that what, what that looks like. Um, yeah, so agree. anyway, yeah, yeah. Season four will be season four will be I think about that and about not coming back down but just plateauing maybe. And yeah, yeah. Fun. I remember I was watching I was watching an interview with um Steve. What's that guy's name? Stephen Bartlett. And like Retro too. Stephen Bartlett. He does like those um you know like um podcast with like he did the one with molly may okay don't know i'm missing it um he's like a you know self-improvement self-empowerment kind of kind of guy cool and Rich 32 was saying that um he used to live in a flat la 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 but then like when he got um when he got big like he decided to move to like some gated community somewhere where but everyone has told him to buy the house that he was sorry like to buy the flat that he was renting mm. um and he was like, no, no, like, why would I want to stay there when I can like live in a gay community? Da, 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 da. And he was like, that's like one of the regrets that he has basically of like not, okay. not like building up where, like, you know, where where he lived, where he was from. Mm. Um, and so maybe that maybe that will be like a similar like struggle, maybe that Paperboy has when he comes back. Mm. Um, because I yeah. hear it, like I hear it, and you and again, like you said, like a lot of a lot of artists will tell you about how um like there's a song called uh, by pj morton who is like and it's called buy back the block basically so like it's all about making sure that you're building where you're from better rather than just like moving out of where you're from mm-hmm. um which i think yeah it's quite it's quite important reinvest in your hood would you say reinvest in your hood is about reinvesting i would your say hood. reinvest in your hood i would say that which brings us right on to episode six six episode six white fashion um uh-huh. so yeah episode six in a nutshell um a high-end fashion label um Love a it. designer seeking inspiration from central park um produces this one t-shirt inspired by central park with with the you know the print on the back saying central park five and Central Park Five obviously being a reference to the Central Park Five um, 
situation in, in, in New York and America where five five boys really true because they were children were arrested and accused of this heinous crime against this woman um, yeah. and were falsely charged falsely imprisoned um, and it's 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 super upsetting it's, it's actually heartbreaking to kind of see see their story play out um this fashion label now has to apologize because you know, oh we we made a mistake like we made a mistake sorry um and then they drag i say they drag but really they just they they they, they pay in essence they pay for paperboy they pay for some other khalil um some other like i don't say damar the, 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 they call them Dozel. I'm not going to say Do, Dozel. Yeah. They pay for some yeah. other like kind of black figures, you know, to appear on this panel and as as a form of you know apology and as a form of restorative justice that we've heard. We've, we we apologize. We're making amends. We didn't realize what we've done. We're moving forward. Now look at our diverse. Look at look at look at these blackies we have here. It's very much look at these yeah. blackies. Like they're yeah. they're like they're yeah, dark. They're okay. With it. They're they're okay. okay with it, yeah. You should be okay with it. So um, Paperboy now finds himself in a situation where he's the, um, you know, spokesman for diversity. Um, and interestingly enough, is the most credible person in the room, which is problematic <laughs> in, it, in itself, given that a few minutes ago, Earn was the one saying, yo, we, sh- we should really, we can use this to make a change, you know, get on yeah. the board, learn how yeah. these, these organizations function and start our own yeah. nonprofit to help the community. And Paperboy was like... Nah. I want shoes. I want shoes. I want shoes. Yeah. I want free yeah. clothes tailored yeah. for three years. Yeah. Um, and awesome. Paperboy, he was kind of coming from the viewpoint of like, look at look at like the people that came before us who tried to do the same thing. What happened to them? They died. Like they, they were assassinated. They, got they were killed. killed. Yeah. Um, so Paperboy was very much like, listen, I when am I ever gonna get clothes like this? Like this is for my stylist, like this is then my stylist can design a bags for for, for the babes, like all sorts. You know, he's out here like ultimately looking out for himself yeah um and but obviously for um he's kind of like let's think about the greater good <laughs> let's think about the greater good um and again like i really like i really like that Ernest saying this because obviously it is donald glover who is charged cambino so it's like nice to hear like I, I would hope i would like to think that he agrees with this um, I feel like he probably would have exonated it if he didn't agree with it. Um, but it's just nice to hear like his viewpoint on on um on matters such as these. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I did no, think so this season this season keeps boiling coming back to the point of selling out. Coming back to the point of selling out. Selling yeah. out and reparations or giving back from giving I'll say giving back broadly because it talks about We've seen, we saw, we discussed in episode four with the big payback, giving back to communities which have been disenfranchised, which have been, you know, are living with the ghosts of slavery. Um, and now talking about giving back, reinvesting your hood, as, as it was like phrased, but like giving back to the community, um, like in genuine ways. Um, yeah. So from that side, but we also see from the perspective of, you know, Black people in these spaces and the idea of selling out, like Paperboy was in that, in, in, in essence, a sellout until he and when he was in that room and faced with mirrors of himself and was like oh this is not this isn't it this isn't yeah. it um i do think I, and i do like that because there's this sense that 
in like, I don't know, I see this, a lot of people talk about this all the time. Oh, if we just get black people in those spaces, it'd be great. A lot of people had the perspective that once Obama got elected, racism was over. Like racism, yeah. was, you, have, you, have a, you have a black man in the highest office in the land. Racism is done. Yeah. What are you talking yeah. about? Yeah. But yeah. not understanding, without, I think that was the first kind of real like moment where people saw, oh, you know what? The system is above the individual. Like just because you are a black person in this space doesn't change the system, so to speak. So um, seeing black people like Paperboy, Khalil, Dozel in these spaces where you're like, oh, it doesn't just mean if you put a black face in there that everything's going to change because they can also and often do impede progress because you have these companies now thinking, we've done our part. We We gave you tickets to Black Panther. Like, yeah, or, or, or we donated to this charity, like some smaller, which is might be owned by one of the people, or whatever. We bought yeah. a thousand copies of this, like DNI book, How to Diversify Workforce, whatever, whatever, whatever. Imagine. So, um, it, I, I really did like that take on the idea that you know, just because you have a black person in the space doesn't necessarily change things, yeah. it doesn't. Um, what, what was I think what struck me as well was like when so when they were having this initial meeting with with Paperboy. Um and Paperboy was just like, well, I want this, I want that, I want this, I want that. Da, 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 and was just like listing off everything that he wanted. And the guy who was like the head of the, I forgot his name, but the guy who was the head of the the fashion company was just like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, like we'll sort it. It's done. Whatever. They were obviously very clear that they wouldn't be able to pay him because um, they wouldn't be able to pay him monetarily um, because it wouldn't look good. But they could give him everything else he wanted that wasn't cash in hand essentially um but I just thought that that was like like they just needed the issue to go away they were willing to do anything to make sure that it did um which is like the epitome of like disingenuous and like not really wanting to understand the issue at hand at all like like even when they were in the press conference like they still weren't understanding why people were upset with what had happened and what and what they did um, and I think a lot of people feel that way about a lot of companies today, not just companies like workplaces, schools, like a lot yeah. of a lot of like institutions um, and systems, like you said, that are just using black faces um, as a means to justify like, oh, well, this person said that it's OK, so don't yeah. worry about it. It's all good. Yeah. Um, it reminded remind me of when um, Donald Trump was running was know when he was actually president well and running for election but he he you have these like again black women black men who just black people who they yeah. would they would cherry pick who are to support him and like just do the, the paper ops paper ops yeah. paper ops because yeah. yeah. you're like oh it's great and not, again black people on a monolith everyone has different different political views all across the spectrum whatever but you can see when people have been chosen solely to tick the box you know solely to appeal to this community um and in disingenuous ways um so i just i did like how this episode was a bit more nuanced in in how it's present like and how it presents these points and how it how it makes these that advances these arguments um i really liked how um sorry i really um so there's a point where i'm gonna talk about the um the video so paperweight has like an idea where he's like oh yeah we're gonna reinvest in our hood and like da 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 we're gonna use money that we've got um from the company to um make a campaign to make sure that um 
you know the company can give money to like black fashion stars or whatever in the local communities to help grow them and all of this stuff like like an incubator kind of program mm. to make sure that we're giving back to communities um and they come back with this really shoddy video using using um paperboy's voice in like in <laughs> just using his voice basically to like sell this idea as like some weird campaign video completely not what he was talking about at all to, taken completely out of context mm-hmm. um and so obviously Boy then wilds out about it he's not too happy about it um and then khalil speaks to him and is like listen like why would you think that this company would want to reinvest in black people that would only make them like go out of business basically like it's a business at the end of the day you have to think ahead like they were never <laughs> they were never gonna do that and i was like he was spitting he was spitting like, that was smart i never thought of that i never thought of that he was spitting he was yeah. spitting and and it's true it doesn't make any sense from a business business look understanding oh capitalism I, I, I thought I mentioned capitalism a lot more in, in this in this discussion than I did, yeah. but capitalism fundamentally, it's the system we operate in. It's about money. It's very, very basic. It's about making as much money as you can. Sure, social impact is important, but if your business, your 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 primary interest is to your stakeholders, it's yeah. to your shareholders. Sorry, um, and that entails making as much money as you can. Yeah, like social impact is yeah great but it's always going to be secondary to making as much money as you can so it doesn't make any sense yeah from a from a high-end fashion label didn't yeah. even realize sort of, or, or understand why they fucked up in the first place yeah. clay doesn't really have any any like black people in any sort of position um at the high levels of, of the organization yeah. um they're not going to be the architects of change and exactly. the people that they got in are as amicable to you know the way they operate as as anyone do you know what i mean yeah. it's not they're not bringing in anybody who's actually going to advance yeah like and change really, to their system so i thought what Khalil said was really really intelligent really liked it yeah and especially when you're just using buzzwords as a means to make money as well like that we can name so many companies that will use like social impact and will use these words um and we're all guilty of it like we will see a company that says that they're green and we're like oh well they're green so like <laughs> I'm doing something here that's like helping the environment mm. um but really like they might be green in one sense but like not green in another in sense. another yeah super, super. Um, so companies are like really good at knowing their customers as, as I mean as they should really if they're trying to make more money like mm. they know right now that they know the buzzwords that we're that the consumer is trying to hear and so we'll use those buzzwords to keep the sales coming in yeah. um and I won't name companies. <laughs> I won't name companies because I'm trying to stay alive. Um, but <laughs> but you know, there are countless that we can think of that that will use that will use these words to keep us going, uh, like walking through the doors. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I thought this episode was really well done. But can we just talk about Darius for a minute? Before we get into that, can we do fa- quick fashion talk? Fashion, fashion talk, fashion talk, fashion, fashion talk. So, <laughs> Marcelo who's the designer okay when he was presenting the um prototypes of other shirts he was designing the fubu yeah. shirt was in there the who the fubu shirt you know from, from the episode of fubu that um with small Ernest from when Ernest was in high school in season two. Oh, 
was, the Fubu shirt was there. The the like yellow one. The yellow yeah, one. yeah, yellow and black one. Oh, oh, I didn't, I didn't clock that. I was like, okay, that's why is that there? But anyway, so that was interesting. Oh, but I then, um, and also the more on the nose kind of um, shirt was uh, Alfred's shirt, the Gucci with fake on the on right right yeah. in front of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. which was. Yeah, it was. It was. I mean, I don't. Know, it, was, it was so on the nose. I'm like, is there something deeper in there that I'm missing? But uh, whatever. I thought it was a cool shirt. <laughs> I have nothing else to say on that. Funny game. But yeah. Anyway, talk about the B, the beast, the B story to this, Darius, and the and the quest for Jolaf. You know. Okay. Yeah. That was that. <laughs> um, when he also Jolaf, I was like, uh, here we go. <laughs> I was like, here we go. You weren't a fan? No, I, I was like, uh, at first I was, no, at first I was like, this is a lot. You didn't need to, don't need to do that. Do you know what I mean? Um, and I think also it's just because I like, they just remind us in the most random ways that he's Nigerian. Because I'm not going to lie, like, I forget. Same. Forget, which, like, is why they remind, which is why they're reminding you. Yeah, so when you said John Price, I was like, oh yeah, this guy's Nigerian. <laughs> But then the actual quest for John Rice was like, ah, I loved it. I loved yeah. it. The fact that Eniola, but I would say the only like question I have is that Eniola wrote down. So Eniola was um, their like assistant. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, she wrote yeah. down that Darius wanted John Rice. Sis couldn't suggest one place that she could have, that he could have got the John Rice from because then they had another woman come over and be like, hey, like, we don't know where to get the jollof rice from. Like, where do you usually get it? And maybe, maybe the point was that like they wanted to get it from exactly where he wanted to get it from, which is fine. But then I was also like, if her name is Eniola, she's Nigerian, she would know where to get the jollof rice. But anyway, um, so they yeah, go just because this- just because you're in the spaces doesn't mean you have the cultural capital. That's true. That's true. That's true. Maybe let me just say, if it was me, I would have said, "Hey, girl, <laughs> what is this?" But anyway, um, cool. So then they find this place. I was loving it. The baby was eating pounded jam. I said, yes, Jesus, do it for me. Yes. Beautiful. Do it for me, Lord. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, you know, I was living for the vibes, loving it, loving it. You know, the music was playing. I said, wow, fantastic. (laughs) I'm loving it. Yes. Um, I wish they gave us a name of the shop. Do you know what I mean? Or or something. But anyway, it's all good. Um, Even the scene of like, um the little the little snippet of the of the Nollywood film I said yeah he has done it he has Aaron done it. Stone <laughs> I was like he has done it I love it I loved it um and then you know when um he was explaining to the lady you know oh, what does uh, what does Nijam mean and did, mm-hmm. I was like oh, yes living for it love it um and then it all goes south doesn't it yep yeah <laughs> Yeah. So basically, the woman sees that this business is like successful. Um, she likes the food, she likes the vibe, etc. I need to mention she's also white, and um, she and her is it a boyfriend or husband or fiance partner yeah. partner. Mm. Um, they do this thing where they like build up like small food businesses basically so that's that's their gig and so she sees this business and she goes we'll have that 
And so literally puts them out of business and opens up a food truck with cheesy jollof rice. Niger ball. Called a Niger ball. Yeah. Called Niger ball with cheesy jollof rice. Cheesy jollof rice. When she said cheesy jollof rice, I said X. I nearly, me. I nearly fell out my bed. I nearly got up and fell out the bed. I and the thing believe. is, like, it, it's, it's actually disgusting how accurate this is in the sense of like, some mandem in these food trucks will put cheese on something and say, oh yeah, new, new things. Oh my gosh, yes, we are like, it, this is a culture clash because we put cheese fusion. on it. It's, like, it's a new fusion. Do you know what I mean? It's like, no, you just, you actually just added cheese and you've added cheese to a dish that is actually sacrilege. Like you shouldn't, what, why? Because it's a fusion, Queenie, you know, you, you get it or you don't. It's a fusion. And then, and then they also had a dish called um, the Darius, which had like peaches and stuff because he's from- Barbecue Atlanta. peach. I was like- oh, Or barbecue sauce and peach. Oh, that make it stop. <laughs> I can't lie. I can't lie. That, that one there- Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna say I'll, I'll have it, but I am curious. I'm curious about all of these foods. I'm not gonna say I'll buy them. From Niger Bowl. Thought you ordered food from Niger Bowl. <laughs> I didn't say that, but I'm just saying, you know, someone has done it in this world, and I'm curious to see what, what it's gonna taste like. Just say it's you, Kojo. Just say it's you who's a cheesy jollof no, rice. I'm, I'm just, just... saying you've done it. <laughs> but anyway so this episode this episode that that whole scene yeah it was it was funny and it was sad it's it's funny because you know darius centered um scenes are always just hilarious and how how absurd they can get and how they yeah. just spiral out of his control darius is a person who is by definition you know he's a, he's 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 a cloud he just floats and he just yeah you don't know what you're going to get with darius so to, yeah, his scenes so always happen to be the most outlandish often him and him and alfred because alfred is also super he plays a straight man super kind of just down to earth very very rigid and is so it's funny to kind of see absurdity surround him but darius you're like i don't know where this is going to go um but yeah to see to see it to see it's sad in the sense that you know this is a story this is a story which is ongoing for so many communities across the world really truly gentrification is a real thing you have again like this sharon her name is who swoops in there it's like as you said, I have a bit of that. I have a bit of that. <laughs> yeah. That's a bit of me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who speaks? I thought I did, before even getting to the point of her opening the food truck and 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 buying the actual business. Um, I, I I did think it was jarring, but you know, common. How again, capitalism. Her first thought when getting to this place, she's like, "Oh, I love her." Like to the woman, the the woman who works. Oh, I love her. I've got to get her business card. And I yeah. was like. Not even that I love her, I want to get to know her, I love her, like, yeah. I've got to, you know, come back in more often. It's like, I've got to get a business card because we scale yeah. up businesses. And this yeah. idea, in essence, what capitalism, cap- capitalism is about, it's just growth, growth. Yeah. So, and some people might not want to grow. They might yeah. just be happy right. where they are in their community. But yeah. it's this idea that, like, you could be making so much money from here, so much more yeah. money. Like, yeah. I might be okay. Yeah. But, um, obviously that, you know, she came in here and was like, we can make money here. And yeah. we can afford to buy straight from um, buy the business straight from uh, the people who own who own the building, yeah. um, which again happens 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 all across London. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was so interesting as well to like see like obviously Darius now when he's walking away feels 
bad for like yeah. for putting this woman on basically is what is what he had done um but also like why would like why would i ever think that by me taking this person to this restaurant that she would then put them out of business <laughs> and take the idea for herself um yeah bonkers yeah. it's bonkers. bonkers um the last but i want to say sorry that made a really good point about darius um being like he he always finds himself in these situations and they just spiral out of control because we saw it in episode three um where he's literally just like speaking to this lady um what's her name mk was that her name mm-hmm. so he's speaking to mk that whole situation spirals out of control um they find a note in a in they find an address uh, in episode two with an like you know they find a note with an address on it they go to his address then they're killing tupac like <laughs> the, you, he just keeps finding himself in in these situations um that spiral mm-hmm. and i wonder where he'll spiral to next in episode mm-hmm. seven mm-hmm. um i definitely do can't, enjoy definitely can't predict it i know that definitely can't predict where this character is going to go so no not at all mm-hmm. not at all um the last big I guess moment in this episode was uh, we get the return of Van. Um, finally, yeah, finally, who <laughs> comes back in the most cavalier tone. See her legs kicked up. Ern walks in bewildered. This person's been missing for weeks. Mother of your child sends you a thumbs up emoji. <laughs> 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 um, and then you see her and you're like, "Yo, oh hey, Ern." Anyway, as I was, <laughs> so, me also like, oh, it's like, what the fuck? What is going on? And then obviously she gets accused of um, this other white lady who comes in. Um, uh, her name is Wendy in, in the credits. Com- Wendy comes in. Um, such a Anyway, Wendy, <laughs> Wendy comes in um, and accuses Van of stealing a wig, which I believe she did. Um to be honest, <laughs> we saw we saw Van Van Van. She 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 be stealing. She be stealing. She be stealing. She be stealing. She be, she been stealing. <laughs> yeah. So, and we don't we don't get the answer to that when Ern asks her the question a bit later on. But um, Wendy comes in, accuses them of stealing. Um, they manage to get rid of her, and then Ern also is able to parlay that situation into getting a free room at the place. Um. Which is again going back to the point of kind of giving back. There's this idea of like taking, giving back, taking, giving back, taking from like these places of power, these white-owned institutions, and giving back for better and also or worse. How to knowing how to do it because I would have never thought to myself like, oh, this woman who isn't even staying here, I'm not staying here. I've been accosted in this in this in this hotel. Let me now swindle myself a free room. Like, why would that even cross my mind? Mm. <laughs> But Ern is just so good at it now at just yeah. knowing where he can get things from, how to get things. And I think, yeah, it's great. He's obviously come so far. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in, in doing that. And when I saw that, I was like, I need to start, I need to start doing that. Like Up your game. Knowing, knowing where and how I can get things, um, not just for myself, but for the people around me. Yeah. Um, Up your game. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Cause yeah. dude off the bat was like, just out of nowhere, like, you know, I still don't have my bags, like, da-da-da-da-da. Oh, yeah, we'll upgrade you to the penthouse suite. <laughs> I was like, excuse me? <laughs> you just have to know how to how to speak in these in these settings, I guess. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I guess 
and is just really good at reading the room. Yeah, yeah, it is, it is. really, really is. Um, so they're in the they're in the room. Ern and Van, you see the mood is like where the mood is at. They're playing bad, bad, not good. They're playing. Also got the tunes going. It's all, it's all, it's all lovely. Oh, I know this tune. Oh, yeah, like they got they they're playing Hayao's Coyote and Bad, Bad, Not Good. They got they got vibes. Yeah, and they, and they share that moment um, where they embrace. At first, like just it's like a hug, it's like one of those kind of face to face conversations. Then they're getting closer and closer. I'm like, oh, this is actually very romantic. This is this is super. Like the energy around this moment is really nice. Erna asks her the question, "Did you see the wig?" And I was like, "Oh, it's not going to get there." I was like, "Oh, okay," but we don't get an answer because they kiss. I'm like, "Okay." Well, she nice. doesn't shut him up. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then she disappears in the morning and gets a phone call. I'm like, "Who's calling?" But he, he doesn't pick up anyway. So maybe that b- will become something in the next episode. Maybe not. But um, yeah, it's Van. Van continues to be an enigma. Um. Yeah. In many respects, I, I I want to get more from her. Like she's clearly clearly going through something with yeah. like obviously her job and like leaving that to kind of just go around Europe, and um, not with the guys, close to the guys, but not with them. With them because she's doing her own thing. She's meeting them at yeah. these different spots. It's very interesting. Socks. We didn't see socks in this episode as well, so don't know what happened there. Yeah. Um. It's. I think Van. Yeah. It's um. Yeah, it is strange, and I'm, I'm kind of like she's the fourth. Like, if we're talking about the fourth, the four highest paid actors on the show, she's in that four, right? As in, yeah, the show. Yeah, she, the she's 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 one of the supporting cast. She's one of the main characters. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um. So it's interesting that she's had approximately five lines <laughs> in this whole season. I would say it's probably the easiest bag she's got. Mm. <laughs> Um, in her whole career, um, unless we see like more from her in um, episodes seven, eight, nine, and ten, we're gonna have to. Um, we're gonna have to. Yeah, because otherwise it's like, why is she so high up on this cast list? <laughs> I mean, she should be. Let's let's not that like she she's important for the story, but it's just how is she going to factor into this season? You know, like yeah, what's, that's what's, what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's, just, it's like now it's not really the sense isn't sensing, but I hope. I mean, I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will make sense soon. Yeah, that's kind of takes us again. Oh, sorry. Go on, no, go on. I was going to say, in comparison to like last season, where we got like um, her and Ern going to this German uh, Oktoberfest situation, mm-hmm. and like you know all of that. But anyway, that was mm-hmm. that was important. Cool. Well, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. It's episode four, five, and six. Uh, now at the mid-season point. Um, so far, so good. I'm looking forward to like thinking more about like kind of this this season up until this point and discussing it um over on instagram so do check out everyone's a critic on instagram um instagram.com slash the critics pod um and yeah let us know your thoughts let us know how you find the season so far um has it lived up to expectations it's hard to with a show like atlanta i think it's hard to even pinpoint where it's going to go because yeah it's it's so surreal and so interesting um It's very much on like any show that we've seen. Yeah. Yeah. Everything that's happened so far couldn't have been predicted. Like, yeah. Like, I couldn't have told you last episode that that we would see Van again in episode six. Like, yeah. It's it's really, it's just, (laughs) it's just been on a roller coaster and be like, all right, let's see where this goes. Let's see where this goes and then figure it out as, as we're going along. But yeah, 
Queenie, as always, lovely breaking down these episodes with you. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna enjoy kind of thinking about this the season up to this point. Um, and yeah, we look forward to talking talking about the mid season with you next week. Right. Fun times. Thanks, Kojo. As always. And thanks for watching. See you later. Take care. Bye. Bye.